Flash Gordon was the song. The, the yeah. Queen song. Ah, Flash, ah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, let's go! Sounds like a plan. All right. <clears throat> you ready to do this? Yes. Beaming to you from the plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Cajun country, this is your host, Hulk Boy from Hollywood himself, Jamie Ray, and this is episode 41 of Fave 5 from Fans. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. And if you're a returning guest, remember what we always say, no refunds. Now... Let's get started. Welcome, Podcast Universe. We've got another thrilling episode lined up for you today. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Smith, the owner of Cajun Gamer, a local Lafayette store that is the place for tabletop gaming, LAN parties, comics, gaming computers, competitions, action figures, and card games. And I'm sure I left something out. We're here set up in his store today to discuss our Fae 5 action figure lines, and each of us has a slightly different take on what that means, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Welcome. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and about Cajun Gamer, this amazing store that has lots of cool stuff in it. Well, most of the cooler stuff actually came from my personal collection. Oh. <laughs> and that was one of the caveats of being able to open the store. Um, everything that was in my man cave had to come out of the man cave and uh, get our, our spare bedroom back. Uh-huh. And then, so... Is your man cave outside or inside? Inside. Oh, it yeah. Was, it is now the spare bedroom for when we have company. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna. Do you have? Two, you didn't have two man caves, right? No, just one. Just one. Oh, yeah. was it? Is it a shared man cave? Like you walk in and this half is all the cool stuff, and this half is something no. else. Oh, <laughs> it, okay. it was. It was literally taken up entirely with toys oh. and video games and comic books. Display and, too, and boxed as well. Boxed and <laughs> attempted to be displayed. <laughs> I feel you, man. My buddy Chuck has a a, a man cave, and all it is is from floor to ceiling those file folder boxes full of star trek stuff yeah. so no displaying going on <laughs> yeah when you have amassed that much of a collection it's hard to display everything so. yeah yeah this is really great then that, that adds a whole new twist to how much cool stuff is actually in now here. everything is for sale that uh -huh. was the other oh <laughs> that was the uh, the other stipulation um and so yeah i've had to part with some of my personal collection but i don't mind because i kind of think of it as like you know, like a pay it forward thing. Yeah. So I want other people to enjoy because I've enjoyed it for long enough. Right. So I feel it's their their time to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. That's cool. And, and giving it to a good house, or it's going to a good house, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but that was you know about twenty five percent of the stock when I opened, but the rest was uh, you know bought wholesale for retail. Okay. Okay. So and um, moving stock is important to me because I want to keep stuff fresh uh -huh. and. 
you know, every time someone walks in the store, I want there to be different things and new things. So then, you know, people come back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Usually what I try to ask people, um, first of all, how did we get to know each other? Uh, we met at what we call drink and draw. And it's not a lot of drinking except Cokes and iced teas. But we did that down at Pete's, um, downtown Lafayette. Pre-COVID. Yeah, oh. pre-COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think we've done a drink and draw since. No. Um, and we just started just chatting like, every there. week, yep. hanging out and chatting. And, I mean, all of us there love comic books. Most people are amazing artists that go there. But we all are geeks, and we all love, yeah. you know, this um, – this genre of of media so you know one of the the reasons i think that you and i kind of bonded is and i hope i'm i'm right here um neither of us can draw <laughs> so i mean i know i'm not an artist and I, I i didn't see you drawing i i, I attempt to draw you do oh, okay and well well then I, never mind <laughs> I'm, I'm okay but i could never it's it's very very unprofessional drawing yeah well i mean it's, you do what you love you know yeah. And you may not know this about the show, but the the whole origin genesis of the show came from Drink and Draw. Uh, quick version of the story is is that um, I had been wanting to do a comic book uh, called Escape to Death, and I had been going there and I'd been you know drawing it out and doing all kinds of things in my crappy little stick man thing, and uh, it was hard. It was really hard. And I sat down and talked with uh, with Cody one day. And, you know, we, we talked about the ROM comic book that I wanted to do, and we talked about this and what I was going to do with it and how much of my time and stuff it was going to take. And it made me realize, uh, okay, this really isn't for me. But he was, the, the whole vibe of Drink and Draw is such a positive, open, creative thing that when I brought up the fact that I maybe like to do a podcast, everybody was like, yeah, man. That's great. Do it. You know, and boom, here we are today. Yeah. yeah, we all like to talk about what we love. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's humans in general, but especially nerds and geeks, man. We, <laughs> when we're passionate about things, that's what you know. We yeah. want to. We want to tell everybody about it. So yeah. it's natural. It is. It is. And so, so that's just that's such a a great group of guys. Um, many of which have been on the show. Some of which still have it. Um, but I'm going to try to eventually get everybody on here. Um, but uh, it, it is. It was a great thing, and I'm, I'm glad uh, we've got to meet. Now, you actually just this year started a new uh, convention here in town, right? Yes. Uh, it's I, probably about 10 years ago, there was a thing called Leet Speak, and it was where nerds would use numbers instead of letters to type things out. Okay. And so the actually the word Leet is 1337, which ends up being our, our area, area code. code. Oh wow! So it's kind of a double, double entendre. Yeah. With the the name, I um, did not know that. That's cool. And uh, but it, again, people thought I was crazy doing it so last minute and during COVID. But we made no. sure everybody social distance as much as possible. Everybody wore a mask. Yeah. Nobody got sick. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was our community and we all, we all know each other. Right. Um, so we did it the right way and we did it safely yeah. and we had a really good turnout and I can't wait to do it again next yeah. year or this year I guess we're already in yeah, we're 2021 <laughs> um, you were generous enough to give Faye Five a, a, a table there 
and we were able to talk to some people and whatnot. And I've got to tell you, it was it was really a great con, especially to consider that that was the first one that you put on here. So bravo to you, man. You did a great job. Well, and I couldn't have done it without the community. I, you know, most of my endeavors are, you know, a lot of hard work on my part. But after that, I've got to give it away to the community and. You know, the store is community supported. Yeah. Um, the con is community supportive. The Renaissance FET that we're working on is going to be community supported. Okay. So I, I can't take a lot of credit. I just, you know, push and do what I can do. And then I have to, you know, leave it up to the community to enjoy it. Yeah. So. Wow. That's great, man. So you've got a lot of these things going on. How would somebody find you on, uh, on the worldwide interwebs? Probably the best way is just to send me an email or a text. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really busy, and you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of old school, but I'm also kind of new school. Where a text to me is easier to, you know, to respond to because uh -huh. if I can't respond right away, I don't feel guilty about because a lot of times if I take a phone call, I want to give that person my attention and time. Okay, but I don't always have the time. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I want to make sure that everybody, you know, gets gets me to and gets my full attention when when they have it okay so. and so how would somebody reach out to you then? uh my phone number and this is actually the store's phone number it's uh, area code 337 and it's 331-3898 so that's 337-331-3898 operators and, are standing by now yes, and text me anytime just <laughs> tell me who you are what you need and we'll go from there awesome awesome well great well you are you're on uh you have a website too i mean you're on facebook too for sure yes yeah we have yeah. our facebook page and we keep fairly active there that's where people find out about our events and different things um when new product comes in uh we also have a website which is www.cajungamer.com okay easy enough and uh i try to do the other socials but I, I really hate social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very social anymore. It's not. It's kind of a necessary evil. But I, I do try to keep Facebook as updated as possible. Okay. So great. Well, that's that's a lot of places to find out what's going on. So uh, awesome. Well, again, thank you for opening up your store on a Sunday. Um, this is really a cool place to do it. And if you're in the area, I definitely tell you to stop by and, and check out Cajun Gamer. It's a great place. Awesome. So, okay, lots of kits in your butt, and it's done out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> um, so before we begin, um, I just want to say that uh, when you actually brought this topic up to me. And as I usually like to do, I like to, to, to try to make it a little bit harder on me uh, to you know, to ensure that maybe all our lists aren't exactly the same. It doesn't always work there. So while we're talking about action figure toy lines, you put one twist on it, and I put another twist. So my twist is that I have decided right away to leave out the Star Wars figures because every boy born in the 70s, 80s, 90s, or even recently loves Star Wars. Yeah. And being a child of the 70s, I also... Um, kept out the Mego lines of both Marvel and DC's World Greatest Superheroes. Um, so, turned around and I'm going to focus on some of the other things. Now, you did a slightly different thing, which I really think is cool, and tell us about that. My idea was doing action figures that then inspired a comic book line. Yes. Um, and as I did my research, I found that some of them were specifically created to either sell the action figure by the comic or vice versa, or 
the toy company needed to get around some some laws about you know advertising to children yeah. that were real archaic in the eighties, and I learned that from the toys that made us. That's a great oh yeah Netflix Netflix, show by the right, way yeah. <clears throat> but um, we need more of those. Yeah, I, I can't wait for more episodes. They're supposed to be making other episodes, and so you know it it, it did narrow down my my choices, uh-huh. but not really like my. F- Fave five is literally like some of the, <laughs> anyway, some, of the right. some of my five favorites. But like you, I, I did leave out Star Wars because it didn't fit my criteria. I did leave out, um, you know, any of the Mego toy lines. They're they're great, and they I are. had uh, like four or five as a kid. Um, I always lost the accessories, and then the the clothing piece. Especially those, me. those oven mitts for <clears throat> yeah. gloves. You know? yeah, and then the boots, and um, because I wanted to, f- you know, those were like established. Um, characters or right. establishing, so I left those out. Um, one of my honorable mentions will be, you know, will make sense to people um, because I really believe that Marvel did make toys specifically to sell the comic because mm-hmm. the comic idea was kind of weird mm-hmm. and it ends up it was one of my favorite series, but we'll get oh, to that later. Interesting. Well, actually, why don't we segue straight into the honorable mentions? Mentioning that you have a few. Excellent. Let's let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Both feet straight in. All right. So the honorable mentions are not in any order. Right. But my first one was uh, the Secret Wars toys. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I remember as a kid, we would go to Woolworths. So we still had a Woolworths uh-huh. in town. They had a whole end cap of Secret Wars. And they were the coolest toys I've ever ever seen in, up until that point. Now, was those yeah. the ones that had, like, the shield in the... Yes, uh, and the shield had, like, replaceable... Lenticular. Lenticular stuff. things, <laughs> and either the designs were cool, because they weren't, you know, they were taken from the, the Secret Wars comic book, so Doctor Doom had a really unique look. Yes. You know, Spider-Man was kind of stylized, because up until then, like, literally, we had Mego toys, DC came out with Superpowers toys based on the cartoon. Right. And that, that that's my other honorable mention, so I'll mention oh, that now. okay. Um, but the Secret Wars just had a, a, a cool aesthetic. Right. You know, Dr. Octopus was really cool. Um, all, all of them, you know, Captain America had a shield, and it wasn't his shield, but it, you know, was a Secret Wars yeah. shield. Um, now, is that the one where, that was the, the, the black suit Spider-Man, right? I don't think they made a toy oh, for the black suit. I think it was just the, I, I, but my, I could be wrong. My memory is failing me yeah. after 40. <laughs> But I don't remember, or I never ha- bought the toy. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, um, yeah, well, that wasn't until, like, uh, issue, like, eight or so, yeah, right? It was, yeah, it was further down that in, makes the, in the series. Um, I don't want to spoil it. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know, you know, how they did the toy line based on the, the, you know, the series. I just remember always looking on the back of the, uh, the cardboard <laughs> and dreaming of all the other ones that I needed, you know, for yeah. my collection. Yeah. Wolverine was cool in that yeah, one, Yeah, Wolverine was very cool. Mm-hmm. I bet all of them. So that one was, you know, that's my first honorable mention. Stop. Yeah, the only thing about that is I never got the Molecule Man figure, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think there was one. I'm just I don't, saying. But I do remember Kang. He was, his face looked like the comic book. Uh-huh. And that was my favorite, you know, figure. Oh, yeah, with the, with the hand that yes. was uh, uh, like a stereo speaker or something. Yeah, and that was my favorite figure of the line just because what a random... You know, yeah. and he was loopy in that comic book. Yeah. He went through the Beyonder something or another and came out just cuckoo for yeah. Cocoa Puffs. He, but he was probably one of my favorite 
of the of the toys. Yeah, he was a favorite character of mine in that Marvel because I didn't know much about him, you know. Yeah, but man, he got like when he got his his head messed up. It was it was it was comical. It really was. Yeah, the, good series, good toy line. Um, so let's see. I mentioned superpowers. Mm-hmm. They were great. A lot of times, you know, you had to squeeze their legs, and then Superman would punch or Darkseid <laughs> would punch. Um, it was neat to see. You know, like a, a non '70s version of DC toys, because uh-huh. until then it was just Amigo toys that I remember. Yeah, and they were, looking back, really, really cheesy, but <laughs> at the time they were cool. Step back, boy. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, and I, I, I like that they weren't so expensive and they were smaller, and you know, they were right. easy, easier to collect. Um, and I, and then so my other honorable mention that I have to talk about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, the, the reason why it's an, an honorable mention is because it was a comic book first. Uh-huh. But man, when those toys finally came out, they were amazing. Yeah. You know, Donatello had his bow staff. The, you know, they were sculpted really well. They, yeah. you know, they weren't the gritty comic book, but they were a nice in-between between the, you know, the cartoon and the comic book. They, they bridged the gap. Right. They, and, they didn't have Uzis like they did in the comics. No. But... <laughs> But they did a you know a foot soldier which mm-hmm. was, you know, I don't know. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles definitely needs an honorable mention because it was definitely. one of my favorite toy lines of all time. Well, it was I a mean, great toy line. It was a good toy line that mainly because the accessories that mm-hmm. always made it for me as a kid. If yeah. it had cool things like you know weapons and whatnot, I was I was sold. Yeah, um, I loved they did the Universal Monsters. Yeah, I, I had those. And so, of course, you know they did Star Trek. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I, I'm, I went to uh, a con down in New Orleans, and I stood in line. Man, I was in line, at, you know, 45 minutes or so, for Kevin Eastman, mm-hmm. and I had brought my turtle Star Trek figure. I think it was Kirk. Yeah. And they they came around and they said, "Look, Kevin's going to have to to leave," you know. And I was like, "Oh man," he said. So he's going to sign one thing, hold it out. He's going to walk down the line. He's going to sign it for you. No pictures. Sorry to have to be so rushed, but this is the way. And I was like, look, I don't care. That's cool. And so, sure enough, he's going, there you go. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. And then he gets to me, and he's like, oh, man, these were always a special secret of my. Oh, I love this one. Man, you've got good taste. And I'm just standing there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, signed it off. He says, man, thank you. I haven't seen one of these in a while. I love them. Okay, I got to go. And he kept signing off down the line. That's awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, that was, that was really cool. I, I like the turtles. That's a great champ. Really good. They they came a little too late for me to actually play with, um, but the collectability. I mean, oh my god, they had so many variations and the ooze ones. And I liked the. Isn't his name Krang? Yes. Yeah, I love that figure. That yeah, was cool. The, the little brain in the big yeah. cyborg body. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. <laughs> well, good. Those are all great ideas. Uh, great mentions. Can I squeeze in two more real quick? Well, ones? of course, I've got All plenty right. of room. Um, so, Micronauts was one of my favorites, and then Shogun Warriors. Uh-huh. But I didn't get Shogun Warriors until later. It was a hand-me-down comic from a kid on the bus. But uh, both of those, you know, the Micronauts toys were. I never was able to afford them. They were a little bit more expensive. Okay. But I did love the comic books, and you know, going back and researching the toys would have been right up my alley. And I did have some Shogun Warrior toys, but they were 
knockoffs oh. of the of the giant robots. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize I didn't put two and two together till way later in life when I started getting into uh, manga and anime yeah. that they were, you know, the Shogun Warriors were supposed to be these giant robots from Japan uh-huh. that were, you know, Americanized. And you know they created this super team of of robots. Yeah, yeah. But it, they were some diecast toys that I got for my birthday from Kmart, mm-hmm. and uh, it ends up you know a couple of them were in Shogun Warriors, but one you know the Japanese name was Mazinger, and uh, you know and they were from that that Japanese toy line. Oh wow! But uh, it was really neat. When so they I weren't finally, knockoffs, <clears throat> but they were just ones that weren't in the comic book, so you weren't familiar with them. No, they they were knockoff. Oh, toys. okay. Um, because the, from what I understand, the Shogun Warriors toys were twelve inches. Yeah, tall. they were big. They were really big, and, that, and there was a lot of plastic on. Yeah, and these were small, like, you know, less than six inch oh, diecast got you. versions. Um, and it was it was definitely a knockoff. Kmart always ended ended up having yeah. some really <laughs> bad knockoff toys, but there were some of my favorites from when I was a kid. I some of the Kmart. most memorable. Yeah. I do too. Jeez. And TGNY, y'all ever have TGNY? We didn't have a TGNY in Colorado. That's where I got. Though. That's where I got most of my toys. So my favorite Shogun Warrior, I just have to throw it out here, is actually not a Shogun Warrior, but it's the Godzilla. Oh that yeah. That the fist would shoot off of, and he had the the uh, Gene Simmons tongue of fire. Yeah. Like what a great toy, man. Yeah, I, I guess it wasn't popular when I was a kid, but I don't remember Godzilla toys Mm-mm. as a kid, and then all of a sudden, you know, when the movies were Americanized, I, you know, you start seeing all these really cool And Godzilla. then he had a cartoon, and I think that really made it yeah. take off, you know? And because I would have loved, because I loved dinosaurs as a kid, um, I would have loved Godzilla toys. It would have yeah. been so cool to have them fight all the other toys <laughs> I had. And there would be scale, especially for like the little Star Wars figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, that is some great honorable mentions. I like that. Thank you. All right. What, what are, what's one of your honorable mentions? Well, um, I actually have some different ones. I have two, okay? One of the, a lot of these, funny enough, actually came from Kmart. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a maternal grandmother, I'm sorry, a paternal grandmother, my father's mother, who I would spend a lot of time to, and we would go to Market Basket and do her grocery shopping and then go next door to Kmart and I could pick out a toy. And so one of the toys I remember loving to get were the Heroes in Action figures. And they were from 1975, 1976. They came out from Mattel. And are you familiar with these? Okay, so they're all these differently posed. Uh, Most of the time they were uh, like army guys and they would go on a base and you could push the lever and it would like throw like or twist like it was going to throw a grenade or it would shoot its Tommy gun or anything like that. And those were great and I love those. But then they came out with the SWAT figures. I lost my mind. <laughs> and if you look at it, most of them are the same characters, just repainted blue and maybe with something different. But it didn't matter because it had a van, you know, and you could put a couple of figures in it and drive it around. And oh my God, I love those toys. And I forgot about them until I started doing this. And I remember because you could get, like, you know, there was no bad guys. It was all the the heroes. And so you could get them and make them fight against the other toys. You know, I just absolutely love those. The heroes in action. And my first honorable mention is probably going to be one that's going to cause a lot of stir up. And I'm just going to say now, Chill. They're my favorites, and that's just how I'm going to do them. 
But my number one honorable mention is actually going to be the G.I. Joe, a real American hero figures. Um, I was a kid, 1982. I was just, I was 12 years old. I was at that exact point. The cartoon was out, the comic book was out, and the figures were out. I, I didn't have a ton of like the vehicles or any of that stuff, but I was able to one by one get each of the, you know, the Lady J and the Snake Eyes and, um, just just loved those figures, especially when you would talk about the um, the motorcycle that had the Gatling gun thing on the side of it. Oh my god! I can remember my grandmother had like this this corduroy comforter on her bed, and it was brown, so it was perfect to make it look like sand dunes. <laughs> and oh man, I would ride it all the time. Just loved it. So I know that the GI Joe, and I'm just making a guess here, is probably on your list, and probably higher, and probably be higher on most everybody else's list. But it's my list, so there you go. Yeah, and <laughs> taste is always subjective, and we have to appreciate other people's tastes. Yeah, you're so. right. You're right. Okay, <clears throat> that's it. We're done with our honorable mentions. Yep. Aaron, let's get cracking with your number five. All right, my number five is probably one that m- people have heard of, but they forgot because Ooh. it was one of my favorite comic books and I loved it enough that we, you know, I sent my mom and dad out to find the, the toy figures and I don't remember what I've, I, I came upon first because I grew up on a farm with no electricity and no running water. So no, I ha- wait, wait, yes. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> really? Absolutely. Wow. My dad was a hippie from the 70s, and he uh-huh. wanted to live off Mother Nature, off the land. Wow. And so I had toys and comic books, and that was my entertainment. And you had to read them during the day? Well, we had kerosene lamps oh, that, okay. that we'd do for homework first, and then if we had any, you know, any time left, we'd, we'd play. But, uh, yeah, my, my, mainly during the day. Uh-huh. Um, so did you did you and the the reason I, I the re, this this really is fascinates me because uh, I have another friend and, and former guest uh, uh, Evan Carter he grew up on I believe he told me it was a dairy farm and it was not to that extreme but just about two people that I've known all you know and y'all both grew up on farms you with no electricity when when did you get electricity uh, I would probably have been 86 when we first moved back into town from wow. the farm and how old were you at that time uh, I was probably seven seven wow yeah. that's cool man that's cool okay I'm sorry so, so that's that's why toys and comics were such a big yeah. part of my life because that's you know I didn't have TV all the kids at school were talking about how cool Knight Rider was and I had no idea you know and so I had all these real like obscure things that nobody else was into yeah. um, but so that my number five is Kristar and oh, so the yes. comic was the saga of Kristar and my mom came back from town and she got me Kristar and my brother Magmar uh-huh. and again Kristar had a removable crown a sword, yeah. a shield, a cool story. Now he was blue. He was blue with like bright red. Okay, like, you know Captain America, old school Captain America oh, boots, okay. like knee highs. And the brother um, was red because he was like volcanic or something. Yeah, volcanic. and he, he was already like mutated, so he looked like you know he had like volcano spouts That's right. coming out God, of him. Yes, I remember those. And then there was an evil wizard that we never could find at Kmart. With um, one eye, right? Yeah, yeah. He had like yeah. a like a his mask kind of went over half uh-huh, of his face. Uh-huh. Um, but then I 
I found the comic book and I loved, and I think I got up to issue seven or eight and it, it's, they started to take the story to where they were trying to meld it into the Marvel universe. Oh, really? And they're, the Nightcrawler is one of my favorite, um, <laughs> and only because I mean, he's, he's, he's a Catholic superhero, so That's he, true. he fits in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but uh, and the cover of Crystal was literally Nightcrawler himself, like poofing into existence in this green background into their their oh, their realm. Oh, wow! Because they lived in you know they lived in this special realm where the you know the elements ruled and uh-huh. and. So it was kind of neat for me to see one of my favorite X-Men being like woven into this, you know, what I thought was like a fantasy story. Right. Um, so the Mar- you know, Marvel Universe did try to, you know, move, you know. But it didn't it's like there. less than a dozen, a dozen issues, I think right? It, I think it went to 12 issues. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, but uh, it was probably, you know, a super obscure. I wish I would have saved my toys because going back, trying to buy them on eBay now. Oh, my gosh. A new in, a new in package is in like the three or four hundred dollars for a oh, single figure. Wow. You can get some loose, but I really would love to get some, you know, pristine ones yeah. in the package because the packaging was really exquisite. Mm-hmm. The um the the artist that they had paint was really good, but like all all kinds of good artists worked on it. When it first came into Marvel Fanfare was the first time oh, they okay. introduced the um and I think Remco paid Marvel to you know to try to you know to get the to sell the toys. It was either they use the toys to sell the comic, or vice versa. Right. But Walt Simonson did the the first Chris star on the Marvel fanfare. Oh wow! And do you remember Marvel fanfares? They oh were yeah, like the I cheap remember. Little uh-huh. like almost promo books that yeah, Marvel and then would because give out. it got replaced by Marvel Age, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And so Marvel fanfare was like a thirty-five cent comic when they were you know sixty-five cents. Uh huh. But uh, I remember that getting that Marvel fanfare. Uh-huh. Um, and just Walt, Walt Simonson's art. Still rocks amazing. my world to this day. He's it's probably amazing. one of my favorites. And so for him to have, like, you know, done, you know, the Chris Star, and it looked like Thor at the time because he was on the Thor yeah. series, I was just, I was like, yeah, this is for me. Yeah. yeah. So I always love the fact, if you ever put together that Thor 337 was when Beta Ray Bill showed up and Walt Simon was his first one, and we're in 337 and yeah. your con is 337. You know, I remember, like, Two years ago, and I, you know, lived here. Remember, two years ago, I had a copy of it for whatever, and I happened to pass by, and I was like, three, three, seven. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. Like I, I love when things, you know, fall into place. Yeah, like yeah, serendipity. Yeah, yeah, ba- good old Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. So I, you'll have to help me out. The dad, who was Christstar and Magmar's father, right? They were brothers. <sighs> I'm not sure. I really don't remember a lot about. Oh, okay. I really w- would like to go back and reread the comic series because their dad was like half and half. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was a he was an elemental that had, you know, and I th- maybe you know Magmar's evil was like manifesting in his volcano volcanoes, uh-huh. but yeah, every every character had a like an element that they were yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, there was one that was green crystal too. I don't yeah, know who that was. But no, man, that's a that's but an I think excellent. I think their dad was called Feldspar. I think, and he was blue with like red volcanic looking arms and legs, oh, and he's like a little. He almost looks like a little dwarf. Uh huh. Yeah. And he I was think... short, and I think I think that's how the story went. Oh, and, and wasn't he there was a... like a half and half, and then he had an evil and a good son. And wasn't there like a, a crystal babe and a a, a fiery babe? Oh too? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to have and those babies, were, babes. They were naked. <laughs> well. 
Um, hey, don't take that from me. <laughs> don't that, take that's, that that's from the, 11 year old me. That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Kristar, amazing, amazing comic book, amazing toys, good memories for me. Um, that's a great number five, yeah, man. That was... You're starting out strong. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So my number five is completely different from that. So when uh, I moved out from Alexandria to a small town called Ball, um, there was a house next door to us that was Mr. Cockrell and his wife. And then there was a small stream. And by small stream, I want to say it's at certain points it was maybe 12 inches across. At the most, it was three feet. But you could walk through it. And I loved that creek. I would take my Fisher-Price adventure people down there to that creek, and I would... It would be the ocean. It would be... There'd be a crash in the helicopter where you would pull the little trigger and it would grab the... the I made, and every once in a while, one of the floaters would get away from me, and I have to like run after it and catch it, you know. And I would spend hours out there. I had um, the Daredevil skydiver, so you would like, you know, it was a real parachute guy, and then you get it, throw it up. F- shout out to Chuck, he got me one uh, a couple of years ago, and it's it, nice. he proudly flies in the you know in the man cave. Um, the whitewater kayaker was a favorite. Um, the emergency rescue truck, which was so cool because it not only had a, a like a, a bucket to raise up, but the side of it would flip open and it came with a little bitty stretcher and you could put one of your people in it, like in case there was a wreck or something, and then you could put them in and then you push the top of it where the light was or where it was supposed to be and it would make the and man, I was just, I was the shizzle. And then they would come out with the space people oh. the alpha probe and the alpha and they would like have some that were were green sparkles see through and I was like man but I have so many fond memories of playing with those toys and there is a whole you know sub subgenre out there of people who still collect them and still sell them I saw on eBay not too long ago that someone had uncovered the daredevil uh, skydiver a complete like unopened end cap of them. Oh, wow. And he was selling them one one at a time. And I was like, oh. And I almost got it. And then Chuck yeah. gave me an open that's one. A, that's a service to society when people do that. Oh, what? Man. Find an cool. old, complete box full yeah. of, of awesome toys. Yeah. Uh, just mint, man. Just mint. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my number four. Aaron, why don't you inform us of your number four? All right. Number four is G.I. Joe. Real American hero, or the tall one with the kung fu grip. <laughs> well, it, uh, mine was the uh, the real American hero. I was now my dad remembers the old old GI Joes. So this was kind of a, a bonding thing with me and my dad. Oh yeah, because a lot of you know my dad liked fantasy enough, but you know he didn't really. You know he was into comic books in Vietnam, but he you know was trying to be an adult, and that was you know for kids stuff. But he really got into G.I. Joe. Now, not as much as he got into Thundercats. For whatever reason, Thundercats hooked him from the day we watched that first cartoon. That is amazing. And, I mean, if I rode my bike super fast home from school, you know, he would leave for lunch and we'd meet and we'd watch Thundercats and he'd go back to work for the afternoon. And uh, But G.I. Joe was, you know, he, he remembered him when he was kids. He could tell me about his army stories then. Yeah. Um, 
but G.I. Joe was is definitely probably you know in my top ten, obviously because it's in my top five. But the comic book was awesome, and later on in life, I found out that it was Larry Hama that yeah. did All everything. All praise to Larry, and Hama. Larry is. One of my heroes. He is a fantastic person. Sometimes they say, don't ever meet your heroes. Meet Larry. That's what I've heard. Everybody that meets him in person says he's just as awesome and genuine as yes. you would expect from you know from these characters that he created. Because I really don't think... I mean, who was it? Kenner or Mattel that did G.I. Joe? I can't remember. Uh, it was Hasbro, actually. Hasbro. I really don't think the Hasbro execs took... You know, too much thought into these new GI Joes. Mm-mm. They were trying to, you know, make a cash cow from the old and from the name and from the cartoon because they were. I mean, it was like this whole trifecta yeah. of, hey, we can advertise this in different ways yeah. and make you want to buy more. Well, know? I do remember at the end of the cartoon, it was they gave Marvel credit because I think Larry wrote. Oh. I, I think he created all the modern GI Joes. Of them. You know, and so Snake Eyes and you know Destro and all the really cool ones that mm-hmm. were. Almost comic book heroes. Yeah. I, I and villains. Was, yeah, and cool villains. I think it was him that really fleshed the universe out and told the story. But you got to, too, you got to say that Herb Trimp made the look of it yeah. from those first few issues. Um, yeah. You know, I loved those. And I can remember the very first one had like a really stiff cover. It was, it was made out of like something regular. I mean, something different than the regular, like a cardstock almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to remember back. I, I have all these issues in long boxes somewhere. Yeah, I have lots I, of issues I didn't too. Have, I didn't have time to go you know, pull them out for this yeah. podcast, but I definitely will now because reminiscing about this stuff really makes me... <laughs> it gets your juices flowing. Oh, yeah, you know? I'm like, yeah. man, I've got to go through 50 long boxes to find these, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. But yeah, G.I. Joe was just a... I mean, the story was cool. You know, every kid loves like... And it was art. different all the time. Yeah. It's always something. And, you know, the, the comic book was close enough to the cartoon so there was enough similarities where you know it was one big you know constant gi joe and and plus they were cheaper than most other toys mm-hmm. so when we were poor my mom could sit there and bargain with us and say well you can get <laughs> two of these or one of these because that that'll that'll bring me into my one of my other faves but they were the expensive toys so we ended up getting more gi joes than anything yeah but i'm not sad because gi joes were they were cool. honestly they were one of my cool. favorites yes the cartoon yes. was awesome. The comic book was awesome. The toy was amazing. You have so. very good taste, sir. So not to put you on a spot, mm-hmm. okay, did you have a favorite Joe? Uh, well, let me ask this. Did you have a favorite toy G.I. Joe? Uh, yes, and I don't remember the name of it, but it, it came out in the later times, and it was the, the snake the snake guy. What was it? I don't remember his name. S- the, oh, the, the not Destro, but the Serpentor. Serpentor. Oh. oh. Because he had the big, like, gold mane, uh-huh. and he was awesome. And that was one of my favorite. That was the G.I. Joe movie, I think, is when they introduced okay. him. yeah. And I was super into G.I. Joe at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, that was, and he, you know, it was the coolest part of the lore for me. Yeah. The movie had come out. The movie was amazing. I mean, I think it was like a seven-minute intro where they're like flying around the, the Statue of Liberty yeah. and just like and you know and he gets introduced and it just took the the whole you know cartoon into a whole new direction. So I was really really into GI Joe at that time because oh. it was finally kind of fantasy. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got away from like you know the, just regular war. Yeah, regular war. Where you was, shoot twelve thousand and yeah. they never hit anything. You know. But uh, you know, I yeah, he was my favorite because I always liked the bad guys. Yeah. Um, Zymox and. 
Mo- Mozart or yeah. something like that. Those those characters were something else. Yep. So and then so to follow that up, do you have a favorite issue? Yes, and it was the crossover issue with um, I think they did one later on with Punisher. Oh, really? I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm. I, it was it was a crossover issue. And I don't remember. And it was towards the end of the the comic life uh-huh. cycle. And again, like Marvel always tried to do. I don't think GI Joe never went to Star Comics. The yeah. the little offshoot, right? But I think there was a crossover. It was either I want to say Punisher or Daredevil. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. I've known to dream things. And I know I know and, there was an Archie meets the Punisher crossover, but that yeah. was really like recently, like last five ten years. But uh, yeah. other than that, like no really, comic books were comic books to me. They were yeah. they were like what I consumed as entertainment. Uh-huh. So I would I I loved them all. Like really. But if, if I remember right, then there was the crossover. That was my favorite one. Because yeah. I loved crossovers. When the Marvel Universe collided with uh-huh. other things, I was all about That's that. That's awesome. My, mine has to be issue 21, the one that has no dialogue, no text in it, the whole team. Larry did it. It's the one where Shadow Storm oh, uh, yeah. and, and Snake Eyes meet, and yes. Lady J ends up saying, ah, oh, just, I love it. That's one of the comics, the very first time I ever saw Leia, uh, Larry. That's the comic book that I brought to get signed. Yeah. You know? And when I saw him at that show down the St. Tammany Collector Show, he was mm-hmm. there not too long ago, before COVID. Damn you, COVID. Right. Um, he, I bought one of the re- the reproduction figures that they had re-released not too long ago of the original figures, mm-hmm. and had him sign that. And I was just, it was, I was that's so, awesome. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, that's cool on my guy. bucket list to meet Larry. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, well, once all the the inoculations and the vaccines and everything go, I think we're going to get back to it. I think it'll be yeah. different. Yeah, you know, but uh, I, I think we're going to get back out there. Yeah. yeah Maybe that'll be a goal for my con. Maybe in two years I'll have Larry Hammock pay and Kevin <laughs> come down awesome. as a guest. <laughs> it would be my honor. Yeah, he's cool. He's he's very down to earth. So, uh, definitely. Okay, well, that was a great number four for sure. Um, so, my number four is actually a cheat. Okay. I did say that I'm not using the Migos, and I'm not using the Migos. But there was a little company called LJN that made 8-inch figures with toy with cloth toys, I mean cloth uniforms and uh, they were on carts. <laughs> so and again, this goes to my love of SWAT. Yeah. Um, my brother actually, have I ever told you about my brother? No. Uh, so my brother's 2 years older than I am. Uh, he he served in the Marines and then when he got out of the Marines, he was at 29 Palms in in California. And he ended up joining LAPD, and he has been with them ever since. And right now, he is a sniper on oh, the LAPD wow. SWAT team. He's a real American hero. He is a real American hero. He he. Uh, Thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> so he and I would watch SWAT on TV, and our grandfather was a Louisiana State police officer. And so there was all this, you know, this blue blood, you oh, know, yeah. going around. But uh, anyway, I love this toy line. And you could get the individual guys like uh, Hondo, um, Street, Deacon, Luca. Then you could buy an accessory pack that had like M16s and and even uh, a little bit walkie-talkies. But then, again, you could get a SWAT van. And your figures would fit (laughs) in the SWAT van, which I absolutely loved. 
but mind-blowingly for this one, because I knew when I when you talked about this, I was like, I know that those toys are going to be in there. And I have some now. Uh, yeah. They're not my originals, but I have some now. But I was amazed to find out that there was actually a playset. You know how they had the... Um, the Hall of Justice, or they had the Enterprise Bridge. You know, mm-hmm. They had one of those, and it was called the the, the SWAT Playkit. And it would open up, and it looked like it had the jail, and you know it had all these little cool things. I never saw that. I don't remember it at all. Of course, it was, I was six years old at the time, yeah. you know. But it was a it was a favorite toy land. And now that I've gotten some more, uh, I put one together, and I have this three tiered shelf in one of my cabinets in one of my glass cabinets and I have a bunch of my different uh, Migos all in that one cat and there goes streets in there that's awesome yeah yeah I loved him that was great but uh that's it my number four is going to be SWAT from LJN a little bit of a squeaker there but you know what it's my show so I'm gonna allow it oh yeah no <laughs> and what's neat is I'm hoping that you like turn a lot of people onto these because this is to me is very obscure it is um and I, I don't know if I was, you know, born too late, but I've ne- this is completely new to me, and really? so it's really fascinating because it, it's, I don't know, I guess in in the not to get political, but in the, you know, the, how we live today and police are looked at, you know, as the bad guys, and but it, you know, it's neat to see that you know this is how we, you know, we honored our our policemen oh, back yeah. then with you know they were American heroes and they were, and now you know. It's just so. This is cool. I, I really like that. Pick. Oh, That's, cool. Well, I'll have to remember the next time I come see you. I'll bring one of them. Oh, I'd love, yeah, love to. Yeah, they're they're cool, them. and they're just they're exact Mego size. Yeah. Um, and you could get Starsky and Hutch. You know, from uh, I think it was Mego at the time, but you could play Starsky and Hutch, and he had a car. I know yeah. that Star. <laughs> there was some crossover. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. There was some cl- crossover play in that. How fun. Um, and I can. Re- <laughs> oh God, I can actually remember my SWAT guys capturing. Um, the Joker at one point because nice. I had a Joker toy as well. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the only Migos I ever had, I had a Batman and Robin, uh-huh. I had a Captain America, and I don't remember. And I had a, I think it was a Red Skull because I think that. Oh, cool! And, but that was, and I lost Captain America's shield. Uh, kindergarten uh, for one of the uh, show and tells, I brought Captain America. Yeah. And it was like the highlight of the show and tell of the day. And outside in the playground, Ooh. we were throwing the shield back and forth, yeah. and it got lost. Oh, and my gosh. I was really bummed out. But Mego toys for me were they were too big, mm-hmm. and the uh, the accessories I'd lose them. And it and I was too young at the time because you know it was a kindergartner, and you didn't take care of your stuff. Yeah. And then like I'd lose it, and then I'd get sad, and then the the naked toy would end up in the toy box, never to be played <laughs> again. But Mego, looking back. If I was a little bit older, they would have been my favorites, yeah. just because they they just have a like a a quality about them. They do, and I I wonder if they're because Shazam is one of my favorite uh, superheroes of all time, and I just imagine a Shazam Mega would probably have been awesome. really awesome. It was, it was like the cape and just the and the boots were cool because yeah. they had the little fold over cuff on them and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a great figure, and you know they're making a lot of reproductions of those now. Yeah, I've know. seen. I just no, you would know. I mean, you're you yeah, own a store. <laughs> they just I don't know if it's a it's a cash in. Mm-hmm. They just don't seem like genuine. But I 
I guess if they're doing it out of the right spirit, yeah. I'd, I'd support well, it. Those reproductions, I mean, some of them are improvements, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, the new new ones that they're doing, like the new Star Trek The Next Generation ones and stuff, yeah. I look at them. Hell, there was one, I just saw it this morning, um, Hannibal Lecter with the face hockey mask on it. Yeah. They look so perfect. Yeah. That it almost kind of just distracting. You yeah, know? it ruins the the what me, what made me go fun is yeah. they're kind of like and the whole point they're of very seventies ish yeah. with polyester stuff. Yeah, and you would play with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you had the oven mitts like we talked about <laughs> earlier. You know, oh, all right. Well, okay. So now we've covered SWAT. I think it's time to rip open the packaging on your number three. Oh, and speaking of which, it was ROM. Rom, oh, and I think the I already told you my sob story of, yes. of the toy. I had the really huge. I think it was like eighteen inch tall, and mm-hmm. it required batteries. And yeah. batteries were a nine volt went in his backpack. Yep, but it it literally changed my life. I've always loved robots. I've always loved androids, and I believe that year I asked for a Silver Surfer toy, uh-huh. and my grandma had no idea. I told her it was silver <laughs> and big, and she got me Rom, Rom. and. After that, I realized there was a comic book, yes. and because ROM had been out for quite a while. Oh, okay. Because um, I think it started in the seventies. Um, it was on the cover of Time magazine. That toy was. I mean, it it was really cool, and I think this was the second because they had fixed some of the electrical stuff, yeah. and this was the second go around. But he was too big to play with other toys. I had a few Transformers at the time, but he just so he had like the special spot of he was a display toy. Oh, okay. And I show my friends, you know. Yeah, I didn't the want to wa- translator. Yeah, I didn't want to waste the batteries, <laughs> um, and then he broke, mm-hmm. and and then I lost his his gun, and then oh, I, he didn't have a gun. He didn't have the no. He had a know, neutralizer. Oh, the neutralizer. It opened up a, a rift into the limbo. <laughs> Come on, Rom didn't kill. It was it was a gun. <laughs> it was a gun. To, to a Come kid, on, it was a gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he was always like more powerful than all the other toys I had, so he never got to fight. Yeah, and he was just too clunky. But as far as you know, going back and falling in love with the comic book, uh-huh. Rom is probably one of my favorite superheroes. I'm going to call him yeah, a superhero he is. because the Marvel Universe did adopt him in and take whatever. Um, Everyone but Spider Man was in that comic. Yeah. He, now, Spider Man was on the cover of a, like, I think it was on some. Uh, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it was issue 66. You see his face. But, I mean, you had the Brotherhood of Mutants, you had yeah. the X-Men, you had Alpha Flight, you, you yep. I mean, I, every, Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. They had a crossover into their uh, comic book. And I kind of remember, Cloak and Dagger, too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't re- doubt it. I don't remember them right off. Cause I re- I, but, again, Rom, you know, being a, being a toy first that I had no idea, I never wanted it, uh-huh. I got it. And then to find that there was, like, you know, Issues and issues of comics yeah. that I could collect. I, it was it was probably one of the coolest things. And then him and Silver Surfer are you know my two my two favorite like spacefaring things. And I always wanted to you know I kind of wish that they would have ever done a Silver Surfer and Rom like mini series where they did yeah. adventures together. I think it was so, a missed opportunity. Do you remember? I think it was in the nineties where there was a Silver Surfer cartoon. It was before, not the not the computer generated the one that looked one. kind of like Jack Kirby yes. style. Yes. yes, in one of the episodes, Rom is in the background. 
Oh, like flying just randomly? No, just walking. Like, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, he's like on a planet where there's all <laughs> these different things and he's walking by. And there's Rom just like standing there. You know, those people, the people who love this, yeah. they left. Rom has shown up in a Spider-Man comic book as a toy. Yeah. In an Ant-Man comic book where Ant-Man shrinks down and goes inside to fix one of the electrical yeah. problems of it. Um, as you know, you know, Rom is just one of my all-time favorites. I have so much Rom stuff. Um, and, and he is he is a great, great character. He really is a knight. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't have characters like him. Captain America is one where he is is he does not bend. He does not, you know, compromise his morals. And uh, it was a cool toy. I just wish. You know they remade them for uh, Revolution, but they're yeah. they're the, the little um, GI Joe size three and three quarter, uh, and it's the IDW. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, have you ever read those the IDW ones? I, I bought them and I never read yeah. them. I, I bought them for the cover art because yeah, the, they were amazing. really gorgeous, but I never got a chance to read them. You know, Chris Ryle, um has a true. He actually has one of the few ROM helmets oh, because wow. there was a in the Marvel. Um, I think. Jim Shooter maybe gave it to him. Yeah. But anyway, he absolutely is a huge ROM fan and he, you know, was able to bring ROM to IDW. Now, albeit it was a different ROM, it had to be, yeah. you know. Um, but just I love that guy so much for, for, for revitalizing ROM for a whole new generation, you know. Mm-hmm. And I haven't given up hope that we're not gonna see him on a screen sometime. I think it would be amazing. I do too, especially with what they're doing now, yeah. especially with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that Rom would fit in perfect there. Yeah, you know, and James Gunn loves Rom as well. Oh, okay, yeah. James, if you're listening, yeah, and he likes <laughs> Bug too from the Micronauts. Yeah, he's wanted to get them both in. So, you know, James is a huge fan of the show. I'm sure he listens every week. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> well, my number three actually stems from a from an exciting movie that I saw at uh, a little theater that I've talked about before on a different uh, show called the Paramount Theater that was in Alexandria. Uh, and it was an old uh, silent theater that had been uh, changed over. And it was one of the last times that I went there because I think it closed not too early. But Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Now, I know a lot of people aren't familiar with those toys. They didn't have very many. It was a Mego toy, but it was the small figures, kind of like the um, kind of like the Battlestar Galactica and the G.I. Joe, but but um, in between, sort of. And there was a very limited run. So you could have Buck and Wilma and then you'd have Tweaky. Um, and then there, you know there were a couple like Killer Kane was in there and Tiger Man and, and some other. But for me it was having Buck Rogers and the Starfighter. Mm-hmm. That was the toy. And that is like you're saying, trying to find a toy. You know, this thing's like $1,200 mint in the box. Yeah. But I see people who sell reproductions of the nose cones on eBay. And, and the reproductions are like 20 or $30 each, you know. Yeah. But I love that toy. I used to fly Buck everywhere in it, you know. <laughs> and... For just for some reason, it just resonated with me uh, to the fact that um, I mean to the to the point where I would have chosen Buck over any Star Wars figure. Um, yeah. and, and my dad once found a, a good I don't know good housekeeping had plans for like a space 
port ship and my dad made it out of wood and stuff and yeah i could oh it was it was and you could fly the starfighter in there and i want to say a buddy of mine had the draconian marauder and so we would get together and fight them but um lots of lots of memories and and again i've collected a few of those since then um and and they just bring back the memories i mean it's great yeah and I, i feel bad again because that was too many years earlier than i was you know. yeah um but i do remember watching the buck rogers tv like we would get wgn chicago in the morning uh-huh. and they would play buck rogers really early so we'd get up at six in the morning we could watch this when we lived in town we could watch buck rogers and then like both voltrons would come on oh, okay. and then i'd have to go to school yeah. but every morning i got like buck rogers and both voltrons and it was just a good you know year of my life yeah like some of the best entertainment after not having any any cartoons or anything i got like you know really good but buck rogers was now what was the little robot iggy twiggy 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 yeah felix silva i (laughs) think was the name uh, oh yeah and then all the only other thing i remember is there was some uh of the i guess there were bad guys and they had like like white in their hair, it was like you know if you'd shampoo and not rinse it out. They had oh. like some white. Like, Wait, are you talking about back on on Earth? I think so. Those I think were that's, yeah, those were the ones who had been damaged by the nuclear. Uh, yeah, Armageddon. I don't remember where the series was when I picked up and started yeah. watching it for that year, but uh, I just remember every every day like so excited to wake up early yeah. so I could watch the you know watch the show because yeah, it just show. it really ca- captivated me. It was one of the few things that when it came out on DVD. Um, I bought right then. You know, yeah. a lot of times when those series comes out, I'll wait for it to like drop in price or something. But man, when I, and I sat and watched them, I, pr- I probably went through it within two or three weeks. I'll probably you know? I'll probably need to watch those yeah. eventually, just because I think it's one of those you know sci-fi shows that's underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, however, um, in the '90s, the same company that was making the three-quarter uh, games for. D and D had two Buck Rogers games that they'd come yeah. out with, and they were awesome. And I, I was getting into you know sci-fi games uh-huh. um, a lot, and they were really a, a really fun game. And so that's kind of when, as an you know a teen, I really got into Buck Rogers through those games, yeah. and got to you know as much as I could back then, you know go back and get you know get get into Buck Rogers. But that was my you know exposure is from the game and the game was yeah both games were really fun um told a good story and i got to learn about the you know the the universe that bug rogers existed and you know the the flash gordon was the same way you know he had a whole universe to his own and and uh a buddy of mine patrick loves the flash gordon toys just those two realms for whatever reason just never crossed for me yeah Um, buck was fine you know fighting uh stormtroopers or darth vader but I don't know. I never went into the other ones, but uh. as a kid, the only thing I remember about uh, Flash Gordon was the song, the, the yeah. Queen song. Ah, Flash, ah. And I never I knew it was Queen back then too. But yeah, my Sam sister, Jones. Would, yeah, my sister would love watching it, and I would be like, ah, it shows kind of, you know. <laughs> it was one of those we'd watch at Grandma's house over the holidays. <sighs> to this day, I still love that. Show. It is a good watching yeah. it as an adult. It was it's really good. Yeah, but. Cool. Uh, all right, well, that was my number three. So if my calculations are correct, it's now time for your number two. So please reveal it unto us. All right, it has to be Transformers. Robots and disguise. Oh, man, Transformers were the coolest toy when I was a kid. 
and and the and people will laugh at me, but the coolest thing I thought, well, well the reason why I thought they were the coolest is they gave you a little red strip that you could put on the back of the box and you could lay it over some some information and it would like you know without the red strip you couldn't Almost read like it. Almost like little blocks like yeah. it was pixelated. And it would tell you the power and like yeah. I was obsessed with transformer power. And so you take that little red strip and throw it over and you could oh this one has this much. Power. I didn't know they did that. That's cool. And it was you know so I say that was the first toy I actually saved my boxes for uh-huh. because I wanted to you know be able to reference the power um, but again, they were the toy that was too expensive, so my mom would bargain with us. Yeah. Well, you can get two GI Joes for one of these, and then we'd end up she'd whittle us down to one GI Joe. Oh wow! Um, mom always made sure there was budget room for toys. Bless <laughs> her heart. Um, but Transformers were just the you know we were living in town at the time, so I got to watch the cartoon mm-hmm. um, and a comic book. They have a comic book. Comic book again, was, that's that trifecta yeah. that Marvel was. Did yep. so well. You they know? really did good. The cartoon was awesome. Um, I think I liked the cartoon almost more than anything mm-hmm. because it was, it, you know, unlike anything else. Yeah. The Decepticons were so evil, and Megatron <laughs> was so mean, and Starscream was so annoying. Yeah. But the story was good. It like captured you. You felt you know, uh, literally a whole universe. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I, I kind of stayed. You know, current with Transformers through all the iterations, it's one of them that I've that I've really tried to keep current on, mm-hmm. um, just because again the the toys and that was another thing me and my dad could bond through is you know dad can you please transform this you know Christmas morning <laughs> was us reading the directions on how to transform it oh don't even get me talking about reading directions on Christmas morning there's a <laughs> I have a sad sad story <laughs> about that that I've told recently and I no 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 it brings back to so again harkening back who was your favorite transformer toy oh man okay so there was a mail order thing that you could do you could clip i think i don't remember what it was you clipped something off the back of the Proof box. purchases usually yeah and then you could mail order them in and they'd give you a discount and i had just got a chemistry set and i got a real microscope well they made a microscope it was oh. a three-part transformer that would transform into a microscope and no that was the camera sorry no there was a camera that was a three-part oh, okay the microscope was I think he was just a regular transformer. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was either it's either the microscope one or the camera one. Cuz they were they were real obscure and I uh-huh. always liked the obscure toys. But the the microscope guy would use his microscope as a, like a shoulder cannon. Of course he would. And it was like his power level was amazing. Like his his attack was good super guy or bad high. guy. He was I think he was good. Oh, surprising because you like the bad guys. Yeah, but he you was like the bad boy. He was so he was so unique and cool and like I, if I remember right, you could look in his little microscope really? and, and see stuff. Just don't look in the wrong way because he'll shoot that's your right. eye out. Shoot your eye out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know, the, I'm pretty sure the camera one, it was a three-part, and it would transform, and it would make a camera. Uh-huh. And I think his name was Shutter, Shutter something. Yeah. Um, Shutterstock. Yeah. Oh, i gotta got to send him a quarter. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, either of those two, because they were cool, no other kid at school had them. Yeah. Um, that's what's important too. Yeah, it was oh, that yeah. was you know every all the kids were able to afford like you know the boombox ones and then uh-huh. I had the you know the little janky microscope but he was like <laughs> so but nobody cool. else had him nobody else had him oh man you know a buddy of mine Lee who actually has the ROM website where there's tons of information about ROM his appearances all these crossovers and everything 
um, we did a show about the toys we never got. Mm. And his honorable mention was Astro Train. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He had wanted that one. I think that's a three. In, it would change us into three things. Yeah. Astro Train yeah. was like you could do like a space shuttle, uh-huh. a train, and then like a hybrid form of like that had like a train with wings. Oh, yes. But because yeah. those are so aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's the Transformers had just some really neat designs. And again, if you watch the toys that made us, th- you get to learn how Transformers was almost just like a mistake. Yeah. They tried to, you know, they literally were scavenging ideas from a bunch of other intellectual properties from Japan and buying the rights to the design, you know, and t- turning it into a Transformer. Yeah. And Marvel was huge part of, you know, actually, you know, making it legitimately in the universe. Right. Because they were, you know, taking ideas from Japan and toy designs. Wow, that's just because amazing. You know, they that you know they needed it to transform and got to make the chatter. Yeah, and so there's a lot of toys like there's a a Robotech toy that's identical to Jetfire. Oh, okay. Um, I think I know that. And like in Jetfire, actually could transform two ways. He could, you know, his cone could his nose cone could go down with his arms out. Yeah. And he could fly around, or you could actually transform him into a jet. Oh, that's cool. And that was like at the time it was a Macross was the yeah I've heard of that. And so you know so they just they bought whatever licenses they could for America and turned them into a Transformer. Yeah. But just Transformers is. My second favorite. Wow, I'm <laughs> gonna say, man. Oh, okay. Well, my number two um, is a toy that would make you stronger, that would make you faster. I'm of course talking about the six million dollar man, Colonel Steve Austin, yeah. or civilian pilot Steve Austin. If you're just watching the first movie, that's right. <laughs> he was. All, well, that's a discussion for another time. But uh, so 1975. The, sh- the the best show on TV ever. Um, Patrick will back me up on that. Uh, and then Steve also comes out. He's got the bionic power arm where you would pick up the, uh, you know, the engine block, which was cool. <laughs> and then you could get the one with the bionic grip where he would get the eye beam, and then all of the different things. Okay, so you had like a backpack radio. Um, you had a transport and repair station. That one was cool because that one was like a, a rocket ship. And then when the rocket would land, it would open up and you had a place to leave. I mean, it was a perfect place to, li- to lay down your, your $6 million man figure. And it had all these tubes and stuff in it. And you could take the tubes and plug it into his arm. You know, all those little fancy little things in there. Of course, after he fought with Maskatron and, and he knocked Maskatron's face off. <laughs> or, you know, Bigfoot because until they worked out their issues... Um, and that was a toy that I loved. You could have played with your ROM figure with the $6 million. Yeah, they probably man. were about the same they size. They were about the same size. But oddly enough, one of my favorite things of that entire play line was Oscar Goldman's exploding briefcase. <laughs> I love that toy. Are you familiar with it? No. Okay, so you it know Oscar. Awesome, it is. So so Oscars had a very you know small briefcase, and if you took it and turned the handle, you could open it and read all the documents and stuff. But if you took it and pulled the handle, I think I'm saying this right, it the it would blow up. Like the two panels would come off the front, and then when you'd open it, everything in there looked burnt. Oh wow! And it was basically just a little switch. That, yeah. You know, you open one side or you open the other. I love that thing. Oscar Goldman's OSI headquarters office was my favorite 
playset that I ever bought to this day. And I loved it so much that when we finally went to D.C. a few years ago, I tracked down the building that was Oscar Goldman's office, was the office that they filmed it in, and I took pictures in front of that building, like opening the door and running up the steps. And I just, I loved it for some reason. Uh, real quick, what was funny is uh, it was during Christmas, so most of the buildings were all closed. I couldn't get in. Yeah. And I'm like taking pictures at the front door, and this guard comes around. He's like, hey, man, they closed. I was like, yeah, I know, I'm just taking pictures at the... He said, uh, why, why are you taking pictures? I said, do you know who has an office in here? And he was like, yeah, Senator. Blah, blah. I was like, no, no, Oscar Goldman. This is Oscar Goldman's office. He's like, who? I said, Oscar Goldman from Six Million Dollar Man. What are, you, what are you talking about? And I said, this is the building that they used. Man, are you serious? Because he was about my age. I was like, yeah. He said, I worked here four years. Nobody told me that. <laughs> Like I'm telling you, man. That's awesome. So I have a lot of buying uh, toys. The only thing that I still have from back then, oddly enough, was a sheet of the Bionics tattoos and stickers. And I don't know. I, I found it when I was going through a bunch of stuff. It was stuck in a a, a book, and it, <laughs> it must have been in the, the right place or whatnot because I opened it up and there they were. I could probably use them today. You know? Right. <laughs> but. Uh, anyway, six million dollar man, the perfect toy line. Oh yeah. But oddly enough, not my number one. And so the, and the only thing I remember from about six million dollar man is I think I had one comic book or he had an ad in the comic book. I don't remember which. He had a bunch of ads for not only it was it was a famous ad for, for when he first came out because there was a picture of him, there was a piss picture of Mascatron. Yeah. And um must him. have been just a, an ad yeah. for it. Then. It was a full page glossy. I think it was on the back of comics if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And then I, I was able to watch the show a couple times and when he'd do whatever and they'd make <laughs> that noise that dun, 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 uh-huh. was really cool to me. But again, like a, you know, the opportunity to watch that was few and far between, yeah. but uh that'll be one that I'll you know, when I retire, I'll, I'll, I'll consume a bunch of like old cool stuff I never got to do. Yeah. The Bionic Man original will be one of them. There, there's some cool stuff, but I, I can tell you it is, uh, there's a definite nostalgia factor to it. So if you didn't watch them growing up, they may not have that same impact. They may not quote unquote hold up, but for us, we absolutely loved them. Yeah, but again, I like the stuff like from the, the 70s stuff. and 80s. I've, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, I understand that they did their best with what they oh, had. Oh, yeah, and they and, did some amazing and things. And they did amazing things. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't, you know, sit there and judge it on, you know, the blockbuster from last year. Cause right. They, they, they were able, Jason and the Argonauts, for instance, is oh. one of the coolest movies. Yes. And to this day, the, the special effects really hold up. Yeah. And they've stood the test of time. So, you know. Practical the, effects will almost always oh, be yeah. digital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that means that it is now time to disclose your number one favorite action figure toy line. Lay it on us. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have you look around, and what's the majority of things in here? Oh, my God. It's He-Man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I set it all up. So that's your that's your Snake Mountain up there? Yeah, that's, that's the oh. new one, that Super 7. It was almost, it was kind of a crowdfunded thing. It was an all or nothing. Uh-huh. So we'd pre-order, and if they got enough pre-orders... They would, you know, they had the most of the molds and the sculpts done, and if they got enough pre-orders, they would go ahead and and uh, finish the project. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of an investment, but it was also kind of a vanity thing. Yeah, because I missed out on the Castle Grayskull they did, and I 
hate myself for it. So this one, I, ha- I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's an investment piece because it's already doubled in value already. Wow. And it's been out for about three months. Uh-huh. So if I ever do need to sell it, so, It'll but that hurt, one but is for sale, but absolutely. only at the right price. Yeah, yeah, at the at the market price that it's going for. What now. is the market price? Last I checked on eBay, they're going for about thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, this is a deluxe one. This one, it, it's you know about two and a half foot tall, and uh-huh. when you open it up all the way, it's about four foot. Wow. Wide. So it's it's big. It's a huge, and the box is huge. I mean, yeah, it is. It's huge, man. But uh. So I always got the idea that, you know, like all these people travel to see Prince Adam and they follow the directions and they turn the corner and they're like, wait a minute, that's the king's castle? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so scary looking. You would think it would be um, Skeletor's castle. Yeah, Castle Grayskull. Well, but here's the thing. Skeletor wasn't always evil. Oh, yeah? You know, so following the story, well, the... the it, Oh, I've seen Robot Chicken. I know the yeah. Skeletor used to be a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so and they, they they did finally in like the 2000s tell like the backstory of Skeletor. Oh. Because in the 80s, they really didn't need to. No. They were selling like toys hand over fist. You know, they were literally pumping out a new He-Man, you know, and it always ended in OR. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't get real creative. It was like, let's, you know, what can we, uh, you know, oh, a mosquito. Okay, mosquito. Mosquito. You know, <laughs> but all of them were, you know, I was at that age where I was in such awe of this thing. It was like Conan meets, you know, like something from weird, like some weird technological thing from yeah, the future. Yeah. Um, the designs were awesome. Um, the comic books finally came out. And, uh, and of course the cartoons and the, yeah, the cartoons and the cartoons have some of my favorite memories because the only time we would get to watch them is when we'd spend the summers with our grandparents and me and my brother like every afternoon fight grandpa with for the TV remote <laughs> he wanted to watch um, Judge Wapner and we're like oh. and so we'd, we'd trade off one day Judge Wapner the other day we'd watch He-Man and, uh, and grandpa you know he loved teasing us but yeah. he also he did want to watch his Judge well, yeah, Wapner watch them. and that, but, there was uh, one TV in the house I'm sure oh, yeah and yeah. then finally, Grandma got a promotion at work, and the next summer, they had the TV in the bedroom then, Ooh. and Grandpa would go, go watch your, your He-Man in the bedroom. Okay. Okay, we'll so, sit on uh, Big Bad and watch it. But, uh, you know, and we, I didn't really miss out on many episodes during the year when I didn't have TV, because, I mean, they, they, they only, I think they only had about, like, they had a ton of episodes, but I think three seasons. Oh, okay. So there wasn't a lot of seasons, but they, you know, they made sure they had plenty of episodes, um, but the comic books were awesome. I actually have two um, from the the Star line uh-huh. that I have signed by Jim Shooter. Oh wow! Um, so they were he was in DC too, right? Because there was a yeah, Superman. D- DC started um, st- were the first ones to publish the comics. Okay, okay, and it was a three it was a three part limited series, and it kind of told the story. But the stories that like people were getting in the in the little mini comics and the toys right. were really like bad. Like Mattel didn't really give much thought to him. It's like he man crawls out of the jungle and you know, and he sees, you know, the beast and he goes and he fights or beast man. <laughs> and so, you know, they really didn't give a lot of thought. Yeah. And I really think that, you know, the toys were just kind of mediocre for them. And Mattel was always about, you know, making as much profit and money as possible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they started like working on the story and the story was what captivated people, and you know I think it helped them too. 
create you know more characters because you know He-Man and Skeletor can fight all day long with a few you know henchmen and a few you know helpers. Yeah, but you know that doesn't sell more toys. They've got to you know they got to get that engine running <laughs> to where you know they need you know a toy every month. We got to you know, make a new toy every month. Yeah, they were running out of ideas towards the end. You could tell, yeah. and some of them were really bad. But for the most part, like you know, there's you know hundreds of different He-Man, and they were all pretty cool in their own way yeah but it just did to hit every button for me it was like you know conan meets buck rogers meets this really strange world with quirky cartoons with awesome a, comic books a guy who has a hat for a head yeah <laughs> and then and then who doesn't love skeletor skeletor is one of oh, the his most iconic oh villains you know that's that something else so so yeah. you know i loved the dc series from mike grell called the warlord yes and I can specifically remember they had a line of warlord figures mm-hmm. that were exactly like the uh, Masters of the Universe. And I like to think that we're friends, mm-hmm. and I like to think that we're both, you know, uh, uh, level-headed people. I hated the He-Man figures. <laughs> they just—I actually did not buy the figures because they were shaped that way. I kick myself now because he has yeah. the cool helmet with the eagle feathers, and he—he he has, yeah. you know, the sword. But they just looked so weird, you know, to me. And they yeah. were weird. I mean, you look at the design of the originals, and you wonder how. How this ever worked? I I, I but, do. I think that but the eighties. That's all I have to say. It was the eighties, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, like, I remember the eighties. You know, so. and then the cartoon was really. I mean, it, you know, it kind of had a little moral at the end, like yeah. GI Joe. Like you G. know, G. cartoons G. taught us taught us eighties kids good morals. That's you right. know, how to be good people, and it just like resonated with kids. And then they liked the cartoon. The the commercials were all in your face, mm-hmm. literally towards the end. You know, the middle of their the height. The Sears catalog for Christmas was like seven pages of Masters of the Universe oh, stuff. Wow, yeah. You know, so you had no choice but to, you know, if you were my age at the time, you were surrounded by it. Yeah. And, uh, but it just, I mean, all in all, that, you know, still is like one of my favorite yeah. toys of all. It's my favorite universe. And they've, you know, so much modern pop culture has, you know, little references to uh-huh. it. World of Warcraft has tons of references. Oh, really? Okay. Um, you know, any pop culture totally, you know, gives its its due to Masters of the Universe just because how influential it was. Yeah. In oh, the- and it is. It's like again, I'm a huge robot chicken fan. They they go to the they go to Masters of the Universe all the time. You know. Now you did mention that you know Skeletor was a dentist, but the the story from Robot Chicken was they created their own, um, and he was called. Uh, Molar, the dentist, <laughs> and he, he had Skeletor in the uh, in the on the chair trying to like extract. Oh, teeth. I'm saying I put it together. Yeah. Okay, and that and, and they actually they they made that figure. They made a figure that yes. was it was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive uh-huh. that had Skeletor in the chair no. and, and then Molar with the little pliers. Really, yeah. I didn't know and that. Was, I had a couple and I sold them. That's um, cool because people were like, "Oh, this is really funny," and then they it did. Is. You know, they knew it was from Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, Seth Green and those guys, man, they're oh, oh I know. they're amazing. It's so oh. good. But yeah, that's my number one. It was just that's a great choice, cool. and a lot of people will agree with you. Cooler than Transformers to me, because it was you know kind of like Conan, and Conan was something that you know you couldn't watch. It was very rated R. Yeah. You know, so this was as close as we could get to Conan, but it was just you know, and and it was so quirky. That was what I think really kept it going is it was quirky they the figures were kind of weird looking 
they had weird names. <laughs> you know, there was so many of them, but it was like, it was just, it was just a neat. The the but my favorite figure was Stinkor. He was a the one that looked like a skunk, a skunk right? and he literally smelled like a skunk. <laughs> oh! They sprayed something in the plastic as they manufactured him, and he stunk. Oh my god! And it didn't stink like a skunk, but it it really stunk. It was bad. I like the one that was like a moss tree or something. Yeah, Moss Man was. Cool. Oh wow! Why didn't I think yeah. he would oh, yeah, be called yeah. that? Come moss on. Man. All the good ones were men. Um, you know, something man, and all the bad ones ended in or. Oh, that's funny. And then what, there was a group, and I saw it over here, and it reminded me the Hordak. That was one of those where there were a bunch of them, right? Well, so the Horde was introduced for She-Ra. So they, they wanted okay. to make a, Mattel wanted to make a, a you know, a, a line oriented for little girls. And so they created Hordak to tie in She-Ra into the, the, the you know, the big oh, masters of okay. the universe. Okay. And but Hordak ended up being more popular for boys and so then, because they had Hordak, they wanted She-Ra too. Oh. And so I, I remember I had like four or five She-Ra toys, and I was not ashamed at all. No, why not? Because then yeah. I could play with my little girl cousins, and uh-huh. you know, oh. and here, here, play with this one. And because Hordak and his minions were really, really cool toys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, but what, what was funny is Mattel knew enough marketing-wise to make the Hordak, the like the the evil ones, yeah, look like He-Man. Uh-huh. You know, so they were like in the same mode, and they really cross promoted them, but they were made for She-Ra. Oh, okay. Because um, the She-Ra uh, line was, you know, a little slimmer. They were taller. They had like My Little Pony hair, like real hair. Oh, okay. They came with brushes, so you could brush their hair and swords and like you know glitter stickers all oh, over them, and they were real. You know, really trying to make it. Oh, this is a product for little girls. Yeah. But I didn't care, man. I was like, She-Ra's no. cool, man. I'm no, gonna get her too. You know. <laughs> Ah, that's cool. Well, that's a great one. Like I said, I think many people will uh, will agree with you that that's their favorite as well. So it's funny that we've talked about comic books a lot because my favorite toy line had one issue of a comic book, and it was drawn by Jack Kirby. Oh wow! Yes, it's a series that first started in. I mean, it's a, the toy series is started in 1975 from Mattel. And it was called the Professional Agents Crime Killers. Okay? It's Big Jim. Okay, yeah. Up to that point, Big Jim was a basketball star, karate kid, all this stuff. Well, they decided, we're going to do something. And they got Jack to do all of the boxes. Every one of them is drawn, you know, for the figure. And so they take Big Jim... And they rebrand him as the Big Jim Commander. And it's Big Jim's Pack, P-A-C-K, an acronym for the mm-hmm. for the professional agents crime killers. And so he would have a wolf pack tattoo, very stylized, very you know, instantly recognizable on his left hand. The first ones that came out, he had a blue sweater with the white wolf pack, uh, this cool shoulder holster with a silver gun. Yeah, the backpack, I mean, the um, the belt with the same logo mm-hmm. on it, and a communicator, a big wrist communicator that would pop open, and you could you know see the stickers inside. And then later on, they came out with the uh, Big Jim Gold Commander, and then later, they came out with one of the strangest toys. It was the Double Trouble Big Jim, and he had the solid thing of hair and you would push a button and his face would go from 
normal to mad. <laughs> and then you'd push it again and it would go back. And his main uh, adversary was Double Trouble Zorak, who would go from, uh, you know, the same thing, one face to another face. Strange shorts. But I loved him because Jim had uh, a Native American archer who had previously been released as uh, Tankua. Um, he was called Warpath. Nice. That's a cool name. It's a great name. <laughs> so Dr. Steel, for whatever reason, they didn't even worry about changing it. They just made Dr. Steel with the one silver hand a good guy now. Yeah. And he goes around with a big tattoo on his chest and everything. And I'm going to swing back to him. Um, the Whip, which was a very cool figure, one of the ones that pretty much looked like a, a, a big Josh figure. Um, and he had a you know the, the cool beard. He's got these boomerangs on a bandolero across him and, and a whip and you know. And then lastly, um, near the end, they they came out with this weird figure um, called T- Torpedo Fist, <laughs> and he is a former sailor with an artificial hand and forearm that you literally could. As torpedo fist action. That's now, awesome. This is a family show, so <laughs> hold your phone. But um, so they had Zorak, and then they um, <laughs> they had some of the coolest vehicles. They had the Laser Vet, which was a cool Corvette convertible nice. that you push a button, and the um, the uh, the front hood would flip over and it would have dual cannons on it. You could hook up the Howler Double Trouble Dirt Bike on a small thing, and it would hook to it. But by far, my favorite thing of all uh, had to have been when they came out with the Wolfpack like, headquarters. I keep saying, and I don't know, I always say Wolfpack. It was the pack headquarters on wheels. It was called the Beast. Mm-hmm. And it was a pickup truck with a camper on it. But you could take the camper off. That same uh, trailer would hook up to it. Uh, Jack did all of the boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, some incredible stuff. Um, here's a picture of it if you've never seen it. And of course, we're going to do pictures of all of these toys. We're going to have links there um, where you can see what they look like. But everything had that stylized pack logo on it, mm-hmm. and it fit right in with all of the. Um, the other big gym toys, so they were interchangeable. And then later on, they came out with um, double trouble adventure sets where it was on a, a blister pack and it would be clothes for them. And you could be a photographer, and then with a quick change, you became a master spy. And of course, my favorite one was the hard hat guy who like had a construction with a jackhammer that it would become a gunner. I'm sorry, I said that was my favorite one. That was a cool one. My favorite one was, of course, the motorcycle cop who would become a SWAT guy. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it is awesome, but at the same time, you've got the hard hat guy becomes a gunner. You have a miner who becomes an underworld fighter, and you have a motorcycle cop who becomes a SWAT guy. So basically, he just tries out for SWATs and that's it, you know? Promotion, maybe? I don't know, <laughs> but, you know. So there were just, there were so many cool things on it. And I think the only other thing they ever came out with was like a coloring book. Um, so I loved these toys. And that same grandmother, um, 
I would I would get one all the time. I had the vet. I had the truck. All it got so bad that my mom was like, "Look, you you leave those toys at Bun's house, and those are the toys you play with there." And um, I remember we had to get rid of them. Okay, and um, <laughs> years later, when I graduated from high school, uh, I had a party at my aunt's house, mm-hmm. and uh, my grandmother. She was like, come see, I, w- I want to show you something. I've got something for you. And, you know, everybody gives you an envelope with a check in it. And she goes, I, I want you to know uh, I have this for you. And it was it was a box, you know. It was, I don't know. It wasn't very big. And I opened it up, and it was uh, it was my Dr. Steele figure. Oh, awesome. And uh, she had basically secreted it away. Yeah. And had held on to it for 10-plus years. That's so cool. It it really was, you know, and it was probably. Um, so that's your favorite one. That's that is my favorite one. <laughs> Obviously, no, 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 hands down. Uh, and so I, I've bought, bought him a new outfit, and I've painted his hand because the chrome had come off. Yeah. And I keep looking. I think they sell the tattoos that you could put back on the chest, but I, I'm, I'm I'm a little worried. That maybe I won't do that. But. Um, not only is that my favorite toy line, but that's my favorite toy of all time. That's so you know? cool. Yeah, it was a it was a great it was a great gift, and um, you know you don't you don't think about these things until you're until you're much older, you know. Yeah. But um, that toy, as soon as she handed it to me, I was only eighteen at the time. Yeah, all these these you know just joyful memories mm-hmm. playing with this toy and. Uh, it was just it was really awesome that was all about so, her I mean those toys we really you know were what you did when you were with her yeah, so yeah and you know she was the uh, and of course as an adult you know I know that like for example um, you know she and my mother you know had issues but you don't ever see that issue as the mm-hmm. kid you know you're the one who you know you're just you're just she's throwing all this affection and love and all this stuff to you uh, but that thing right there that um that that's always stuck at me as one of the one of the coolest things anybody can do is mm-hmm. is you know to recognize that something's important and and to hold on it and then to find the perfect time yeah. to give it to you. It's like something out of a Hallmark movie. It really was. Yeah. You know. Um, and I mean, you know, and it's kind of a, a sign of you know graduation supposed to be you growing up mm-hmm. and going out in the world, but. But here, you know, remember the. Remember she's you. like, remember, remember your childhood, and yeah. remember, you know, playing and, you know, being creative, and yeah. that's cool. And that's one of the very few original toys, I still have. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's awesome. our lists, man. Awesome. We have got some really cool, really cool, and with only one crossover. Yeah, that is just that's really tough, to, hard to believe. And I mean, how many years are between us? How old are you? Uh, I'm 50 this year. Okay, so I'm 43. So there's not a lot of, Mm-mm. but I guess, but it's, vastly different. Because yeah, I guess there's that like that gap where you're old enough to want toys, and and it's all about marketing too. Toys are oh, very yeah. marketed, and so you know you were marketed a whole different genre of toys than I was marketed. Yeah, but, and you know, uh, so if I'd have done this uh, differently. Um, then if I'd have just said, what are my favorite toys now? Mm-hmm. For me, it would probably have been the Playmates line 
of Star Trek figures. Yeah, because those were the I next lo- generation were awesome. I love those. I customized figures for years, and that was the figure that I did. Mm-hmm. I, I made about forty something different figures, yeah. uh, custom on it, and I absolutely love them. Um, but I wanted this list to be toys as a child, and, mm-hmm. and you did the same thing, oh, yeah. which is you know. Um, but I couldn't go on a show without with toys without talking about it. And I have to give you one quick story. So you know how there used to be the Walmart on the north side? Yeah. So me and my buddy Chuck went to that place because we used to go because you're always looking for the, the Thomas Riker figure or the mm-hmm. you know the hard stuff to find. And it was right after the generation figures. Well, not right after, but the generation of figures had been out for a while. And um, I want to say that Chuck called me and said, you've got to get down to this Walmart right now. And we get there, they had every figure marked down to a quarter. Wow. The transporter was like $5. The shuttlecraft was like $3. We literally got two buggies and filled them up $7. with toys. <laughs> you know, like $17, you know, right. or something. It was it was. The look, I could still see the woman's face as we push up with it. And we're like, they're a quarter each, you know? What do you want? Right. Oh, man. Oh, God. They're such a good, because the sculpting wasn't perfect, you know? No, but but it was, you could tell which character they were. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Nowadays, a lot of the toys look like statues. Yeah. Back then, they had a lot of playability, you know? And then they had, you know, the the, the classics that came out later, and you had the bridge set, and all these, you know? Really cool toy. So I just couldn't go the episode without mentioning. The did you ever have any of the the Mego Star Star Trek toys? Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had. Um, I remember a, a, a older friend that his mom would babysit us. He had a couple. Yeah, he had like Spock and. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. When you say toys, I thought you meant like the phaser and stuff. No, no, no. Yeah, I had the, the I had okay. some of the figures too. Mister Spock was one that I had, yeah. and I want to say I had a Klingon too. Um, but toys, they had it. That's one of my favorite toys. Was the phaser game where you would set up these little reflector things and you'd shoot a, a basically a flashlight phaser mm-hmm. on them, and and I love that. I, st- cool. I actually have that's one of the one of the few pictures I have of me on Christmas morning opening that toy, and then I have the uh, six million dollar man mission critical device but uh yeah yeah so um do you have any of your toys still from when you were a kid no um my mom and dad got a real messy divorce and we had kept the farm for a while and i had toys in my toy box forever so when we moved into town that's when you know we we could go to woolworths and that's when i started getting into um the secret wars toys and Uh so a lot of my toys from when i was younger stayed in that toy box forever and then when we had to move and we were selling the farm we went and i went with my younger cousin and i literally told him i said lauren you can have every single one of these you know i just it was kind of like a bittersweet memory it was a rough time in my life and i didn't really want you know i didn't really want any of them and i kind of was being obstinate and throwing a fit uh-huh. And Lauren was like, hell yeah, all these Transformers. <laughs> yeah, because that's really what he wanted. But he took all my He-Man, took, you know, garbage bags full of oh, toys. Wow. And he, he got good use out of them, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they went, you know, went, went to a good, a good place. But 
from what he when you know what he did with them, I'll, I'll never know. Because right. I asked him a couple of years later, what did you know? What did you do with this? What did? Because some of the Star Wars figures, you know, when the Phantom Menace had come out, people were like, "Oh, old Star Wars is worth some money." Yeah. And I was like, "Lauren, what did what did you do with all those?" <laughs> oh, I don't know. I gave them to you know another younger cousin. Well, to be and honest, so we we kind of you know you know pushed them onto the yeah. you know under our. That's younger. what toys are supposed to be. We've yeah. we've made them collectibles. Yeah. But toys are supposed to be opened and played, yeah, and played with, with yeah. you know, and that's mm-hmm. the great thing about these toys here is that we all remember them because we had our we had adventures. They yeah. were our friends. Yes, <laughs> you know, um, my brother was two years older, and he didn't play. We didn't play a lot together mm-hmm. um, once you know we got out of uh, very young. So a lot of these times, these adventures were were me, yeah. me and. The Fisher Price guys, you know me and Buck Rogers, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what that's what makes these memories. So is that we experienced things with them that you know you just don't do with a with a with a real person. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And one of the most important things that kids can do is play and imagine and like you know sit there. I love like watching my brother's kids sit there and make the noises and you know. They're Hulk and Hulk smash, Hulk smash. and they play and they, they it, it reminds me of me and my brother when mm-hmm. we play. Yeah. Well, one other question I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. of course, you know, they are making Masters of the Universe toys now, but is there a figure that has never been made that you would like to see made? I mean, I know virtually they've made every single thing. Yeah, and it's getting to a point now where they've made everything. Um, and there, there was at a up to a certain point, and then they finally did make it, and I have a, a copy of it. But when the Tron movie came out, I, you know, I was obsessed with Tron, uh-huh. and they had made some little um, three and a quarter figures. Yeah, yeah, and you could and see through. They were clear, and they had the little disc that glowed uh-huh. in the dark. And I always wanted, you know, especially when they did the um, the new Tron movie. I'm like, why doesn't Disney make toys? Well. Diamond Comics, you know, Diamond Collectibles finally just made yeah. toys, and they and they actually made all the older figures. Oh, did in they? The I didn't inch. know that. So kind of my dream came true, and uh, and they they some of them were exclusive to Walgreens, uh-huh. but I have all of them now, and they're they're really neat because they're kind of like a a matte gray with like a real like you know deep nice like glowing blue yeah. for Tron, and so they made them look exactly like. That's the, awesome. The movie, yeah. you know, because the toys that we got were, you know, they were see-through, and they tried their best, yeah. but these new ones do. look really, really well. And so I have them all. At, they're at home, and they're all, and Not at the know, store. No. <laughs> I have a couple that I had extras of that I'm selling. Yeah. But uh, just, so, yeah, like a toy that I finally, you know, really always has, I had always wanted yeah. finally came out, and they did a really good job with them. That's The cool. Diamond Select toys are always, like, oh, yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And, uh I'm friends with a couple people on Facebook that that do the uh, um, one of them's from Scotland and he does all the sculpts. Oh wow! And so he, you know, so sometimes I'll be like, "Yeah, man, I got that toy and it's you know really really good, good great job," because he's really proud of the sculpting That's that he does. That's awesome. So uh, if you if you had a toy that was never made, what would yours be? Oh, that's easy. I would want um, Starshine Two, the Brandy figure for Rom. The space night. Oh to have. yeah. So the going. So I really, really. So the first star shine. She had the 
uh, in the comics. She had like the 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 diamond shaped head. Yeah. Okay, and then Brandy after Starshine died, Brandy got with Doctor whatever the bad guy, and and they melded them together with magic. Yeah, and then in one of the annuals oh it was I think it was the annual with um, anyway no I'm, I'm putting that together wrong that's when she gets pulled out uh, but anyway once she's fighting a bunch of uh, uh, dire wraiths um, she like bursts out like all the starshine comes out of her and her armor changes so that's the one that I would want would be that one and I would love it would be okay I would I would almost rather it be sculpted like Rom mm-hmm. with the straight arms and the yeah. weird little hand grips, you know. But I always thought that that Rom should have another Space Knight. Yeah. You know, the only other thing that you really could play with this uh, figure with would be the alien xenomorph yeah. that came out around the same time. That was around yeah. the same scale. And if I played with these toys, now I have a Rom now, but I didn't back then. Yeah. But if I did, I think that would that'd be cool to play with the, the Xenomorph and, and Rom, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hans, I've always thought about that. If, if I could do anything, it would be Brandy as Starshine. Good yeah. choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I always forget that you're a big Rom fan, and we, we really need to talk about Rom more. I've got a couple of friends um, who are my Rom pals, and um, we're this year going to work on one, two, three different Rom-related uh, shows, nice. so it's going to be cool. So I'm going to have to get you involved in one of them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, well, I'm going to cool. have to find my long box and get and reread all my comics. Yeah. Do you have a complete run? I'm pretty sure. Um, like I said, I I collected them after the fact. Uh-huh. Most of them had been out, and we had a really cool comic store in in Denver, Mile High Comics. Oh, Everybody, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I used to order from them all yeah. the time. And uh, so every summer I'd, I'd go to Mile High and they had back issues galore. Yeah. So I filled in pretty much all back issues that I ever okay. have ever wanted through Mile High. Okay. Um, and uh, Well, I'm going to get you a list because there's a ton of appearances. That yeah. little, little appearance. He only had a few because there were 75 issues, four uh, annuals, and then he was in Marvel 2 and 199 with mm-hmm. Ben Grimm. Yeah. And then he was in The Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh and then I think there may be a couple. Oh, he was like in Marvel Champion, Contest of Champions yeah. or something. But it's in the background, which is a funny picture. It's Rom. He's uh, he's hooking on uh, Jocasta. He's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, baby. Right. You know, what, you, what kind of chrome polish you use? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, well, man, I, you know, this has got to be one of the coolest episodes I've done. Talking about toys surrounded by some really awesome toys. I can't thank you enough for opening up your store and and sharing these stories with me. And I, I can't thank you enough for, you know, opening up your love of toys and you know and letting me share mine. I yeah. mean, it's it was this was a good a good good podcast. I, I really enjoyed it, and it's it's going to be one of our longest ones. I might even split this into two, <laughs> just to tease them about it. Right. You know, because we ain't done yet. Keep some suspense. <laughs> but uh, listen, I'd like to offer your audience. Uh, Something kind of special. Well, oh, what's that? Um, I have uh, some board games that uh, you know we can I can give away, and it's gonna it'll be one prize, but it'll be uh, some sets of some really nice board games. Would that oh, be cool? Oh man, that would be awesome! I only have five listeners, so you know your chances of winning are pretty good. Well, right. I am number ninety-one in Hungary now, so that might you know slew the scales. But 
Dude, that is super awesome. Thank you. I've never done a giveaway on the show before. Yeah, that'll be really good because, again, I'm, I love board games, and the, the, the ones I'll send are going to be really neat. So. Well, well, cool. Well, we'll figure out how we're going to do that. You can maybe like and retweet and you know send me a cash donation. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but that will be great. Well, thank you. I appreciate you doing welcome. that. And I'd also like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe for joining us for this episode, episode 41 of Fave 5 from Fans. Please remember to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and really anywhere you catch a podcast. Remember, you can tell Alexa to play Fave 5 from Fans, but make sure you enunciate or else she'll give you fish recipes. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review and giving us that all-important five-star rating wherever you listen so more people can learn about Fave 5 from Fans and we can continue to grow the show, like Mossman. We'd also love it if you interact with us on Twitter, on our website, on our Facebook page, and on the gram, as the kids say. And yes, Lily has corrected me that sometimes they just say Insta, but I'm sticking with the gram. Fave 5 from Fans is a part of the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. You can find us at sipnet.us on Twitter and on Instagram. This week's spotlight shines on Dad Had Radio. Andrew Hall's podcast that discusses the Cold War and its effects on culture, technology, and the future. A recent episode of Dead Had Radio covering abduction, time travel, and the moon featured guest Kevin Kamaman, a musician, a former U.S. Navy corpsman, and a UFO abductee. It's some really cool stuff. Check him out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor FM, among others. Give him a listen and see where it takes you. Well, that's it for this episode. Once again, I want to thank our special guest, Aaron Smith, one last time. Thank you, bud. Thank you. And remember, folks, it may not be the best. It may not be the most popular. But if it's your favorite, then it's good enough for us. Aaron, take us out. All right, y'all. Come see me down at Cajun Gamer and come buy you some stuff. Yeehaw! This is Hulk Boy from Hollywood signing off. <laughs>